Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Borderline Podcast Disorder. I'm um, Levi, your host. Very happy to be recording this today. I, um, I've actually had a great time uh, chatting with um, today's guest. But before we get there, um, let's talk about what's uh, been going on. So, um, following a um, tough week last week, this uh, this week has not been too bad, actually. A bit tired, I think I'm picking up a cold, which is a bit annoying, but um, I've actually done okay. You know, I um, sadly uh, had some issues to get my medication, so I was um, meds-free for a couple of days, not... Um, because I wanted to, just because I couldn't, uh, because I ran out, and um, it's fine, I've got it all sorted this morning, and um, that's good, right, that's good, I've um, challenged myself this year to write 10 jokes a day, and I did that, you know, so far I'm I'm actually 12 days, I, I started my resolution on the 31st of December, and um yeah, it's been it's been going okay. You know, I did the gig uh, last night and um, I tried some new stuff and it kind of worked. You know, it's uh, still very early days, but uh, I was happy with um, with the things I've written down and I realized that um, I enjoy writing. You know, I remember that I enjoy writing and I I I enjoy the the, the creative you know process. So that was nice, and it's. Um, it's. I, I just find it very beautiful. I have been referred to see a, a therapist again, but I've uh, I've not yet replied to the email, which I uh, I will I will get that sorted. Uh, maybe today. Maybe yeah. I might get it actually done today. You know. Uh, here it is. I am. I'm doing my own um, to do list while doing something from my to do list, which is getting this uh, episode sorted. But um, in a couple of weeks, I'm off to to see my family. Me and uh, my partner Irene, we're going together, and that's gonna be that's gonna be cute. I think it's gonna be really lovely, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Now I hope I'm gonna shake off this cold that I've got, and then I can just enjoy some time off. Don't worry though, the podcast is still happening. We're getting an episode out every week as normal. I um, because I, I love I love doing this. You know, I think it's um, it's keeping me sane, or it's keeping me more sane than I would be otherwise, and that's beautiful. We we've done all right. You know, from the beginning, we've uh, reached about um, we reached reach nineteen countries, so that's pretty cool. And I. I I am so, so grateful for anyone listening to this. Um, I appreciate you folks. And uh, yeah, let's just, uh, you know, let's just keep this going. And uh, I've got some really cool people coming up. You know, we're going to have some really nice conversations. I'd, um, I'd love even, you know, any suggestions. If anyone would like to see anyone in particular, you just... Um, Message me, you know. We're at that level, you know. We're we're like a little family because we are, you know, growing 
slowly, but yet we are a little family. Um, so that's where we where we're at. In regards to to skills used this week, I luckily didn't really need uh, to because I I didn't have many situations where I was. Um, I was struggling with dealing with my emotions, so that was pretty pretty good. I think the only one is just that I feel, you know, I feel fatigued. So, again, same as usual with me. Please is a massive one. I'm trying to sleep better. I'm trying to eat better. I'm 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 working on it. Doesn't really work, you know. Sometimes I'm struggling more than other times, but uh, you gotta just keep going at it. You know, you gotta keep going at it, and. Uh, yeah, I've actually got a little bit um, scared this morning because I think I might have messed up uh, a future episode where I, for some reason, even though I've recorded it, it's uh, there is no sound coming up of the uh, the audio file. So that's uh, that's a problem usually, you know. Um, but I'll figure it out when we we have to cross that bridge and. Uh, you know what, I'm not going to take any more of your time. I will crack on because this guest is uh, is one... I, I really enjoy uh, chatting with him. We've, uh, we've, we, we know each other for a while. And um, it was just beautiful to, to have uh, a record, recorded conversation because uh, we, yeah, we just had a nice time. And I think it was very eye-opening... Um, and it was just beautiful to be a part of, you know. And um, CB Corey is uh, is a DJ based in London. is uh, is a very good DJ. He's um, a very good, you know, guest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been it's been absolutely lovely speaking with. And uh, I'm just gonna leave you with it. So um, let's get started. Thank you and stay skillful. I'll talk to you later. Hello and welcome. How are you doing, CB? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. How was your journey here? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, so I'm based in Catford. Uh, got a, a train to London Bridge, walked over London Bridge, which I, I, is one of the things of living in London that, like, um, I've been here for 10 years, but one of my favourite things of living in London is being able to walk over London Bridge. No way. And just, like, look at the view and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, walked over London Bridge, went to Bank Station, which is my least favourite station. Probably it's either King's Cross or Bank, my two least favourite stations. No way, why? It's too big. You just you're walking under the ground for like a good seven minutes before you get oh. onto the train. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I, I've I might have never been to Bank yet. Really, I think so. I can't remember. It's so big. It's actually two stations in one. So it's Monument and Bank, and you can walk underneath the ground for about ten minutes and walk from one station to another station. Oh, wow. yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. But yeah, it was cool. And um, my first time in. Uh, Sonny Snaresbrook. Well, um, I was going to say, uh, welcome to... You're the first person to be in the actual studio. Uh, thank you for um, being here. You know, I hope you, you enjoy. We still um, 
putting things together is still not like the way I want it to be, but uh, we're getting there. No, it's yeah. amazing. Thank you, honestly. Thank you for the invite. And it's just, it's inspiring, honestly, because, um, yeah, just in terms of creativity, like massive part of my identity and what I like about myself, like coming up with ideas, but it all starts with a dream. So you have this idea in your head of how you want specifically things to be. And you can either explain that to somebody or like you just put it in place, but it's great to like kind of just hang out with people that are like, oh, I've got this idea and I'm going to, I'm going to sow this little seed here. And then you see them a couple months down the line and like everything's all, you know, growing closer to that dream. So I'm just happy to be part of the the start process of it. Thank you. Uh, I think you've, you've been, uh, well, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. But uh, you've been doing a lot yourself recently. Right, you've got. Uh, I think you even had a gig yesterday, right? You were uh, doing the. Uh, was it the Clapham Market or? Uh, yeah, yeah. Pexmas. Uh, so uh, shout out to Oliver Sudden, really good friend of mine, um, and Joe Millie, uh, who I met uh, for the first time yesterday. But yeah, so they were um, hosting a crafts market in Peckham, and like they do it over December. Okay. And then in the corner, um, my pal, all of a sudden, um, and Joe Millie, they got some decks. And so they invited DJs down that play vinyl. Uh, my friend, all of a sudden, he has a, um, it's like a vintage store. So selling vintage clothes, vintage vinyl, um, and then like little trinkets and stuff like that from like the 80s and 90s. He's um, got an amazing eye for that sort of stuff. And I work closely with him on a lot of gigs and different projects and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I DJ'd Sunday, Saturday, Friday, and Thursday. So yeah, it's keeping active. Wow, nice. That's good. And uh, have you got a day off today, or you're um, today's a day off? Yeah, today's a day off. Nice. How? Um, okay, because you actually mentioned earlier that you, do you only do vinyl, or is it something? Is it one of the things that you like to DJ? That's a good question, yeah. So, um, I love collecting vinyl. I have a massive interest in collecting vinyl and DJing with that. I actually started off DJing with CDs. Yeah, so when when would this be? So, I've been DJing for 16 years. Um, so, that was probably coming to the, the... That would have been around about the time when CDs were dropping off because of Napster and like people were legally downloading stuff like that. So, um, I would, I had a a, like part, a part-time job. Um, and every Saturday I told myself that I would buy myself a CD of like a rap album or a particular album of music that like, I just really enjoyed. And it was every single Saturday. So I, I amassed this amazing CD collection. So when I, eventually sort of looked towards getting into DJing. I had this massive CD collection. So I thought, I'm not going to buy everything on vinyl again. I'm just going to use the technology that's available. So i uh, got some CDJs on finance or like Pioneer CDJs. I still have them to this day as well. What? Yeah. And then um, just started doing like mixes in my house. I would practice like an hour every day recording my mixes um, the original reason why I wanted to DJ is because I just wanted to do radio. I just wanted to be a radio host. It's, it's just like the dream job, being able to talk about music, play music, and sit down. Like, they're my, they're my <laughs> three favorite things to do. Nice. I love sitting down. Um, but nice. yeah, 
Yeah, so um, so started off with CDs. Uh, I joined. Uh, I took part in this competition uh, for like this alcohol al- al- alcoholic drink called Alize, and um, I won the competition. And part of the prize was a thousand pounds. So I used that money to buy a Mac and buy uh, the software that you can manipulate um, files on decks. So it's called Serato. You probably heard of it before, but like, no, if, you, I haven't actually. if you're ever in a club, you see someone with a, uh, a laptop. What they're doing is using the files, music files, so things that are in iTunes or on. Uh, I was going to say Windows Media Player, but like, yeah, what was it called? I forgot. Um, Winamp. Winamp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it would usually be <laughs> either AAC files or MP3 files, or you could do it with WAVs as well. But yeah, they're files on your computer. And what you're doing is connecting your Mac to a... It's kind of like a sound card, like an input device that changes those files so that you can manipulate it on decks. Oh. Yeah. So Jazzy Jeff was like one of the first people to um, to kind of like in, uh, innovate with that. And he worked closely with Serato. Um, and then that, that's been around for coming up to 20 years now. Um, so yeah, I started using that. And was using that for many years while I was DJing in Birmingham. Um, created like a bit of a name for myself uh, as a DJ in Birmingham. And then uh, playing like garage, dubstep, drum and bass. And um, was able to kind of come out of Birmingham and go to different places like London. Was able to go to Ibiza, Croatia, which was pretty cool as well. And then, um, so yeah, and then when I left, when I left, uh, Birmingham I kind of just started looking more towards like humor comedy uh, improv as well and was getting involved in that so I actually just kind of stopped my gigs and whatnot and then but I still had close friends that were like getting into DJing themselves and a lot of them were just exclusively vinyl weren't interested in using any of the digital stuff so I had like skills of uh, DJing with digital equipment and then had my own little record collection, tiny little few few songs on on records that probably wasn't available on CDs or wasn't even on like Napster or anything like that, so you couldn't really download it. And then I would digitize those or whatever. And then so when it came to going to their nights, they'd say, "Oh, bring bring a bag of records with you, jump on, have a, a you know, jump on, uh, get involved." And then so when I kind of got a taste for that again, that was probably about seven years ago, then it made me like, just look at like what I really wanted to do, which was like DJing. And then like to answer your question, mainly if I get the opportunity to use vinyl, I will do so. Cause I think I can stand out a little bit more because it's so easy to DJ now. If you've got like a little controller or whatever, it's, it's so easy to do. So, um, so now, yeah, I am trying to kind of establish myself as like a person that uses vinyl more. But then also, if they have a digital setup, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say no. Do you know what I mean? Nice, wow. So um, you, you, yeah, you started with CDs. I, I uh, that's that's cool. You know. Um, okay, so your your vinyls over digital, but you you do both. And how did you get like into it? In the, because you, um, how did you get into it in the first place? Like, what what made you think? Oh, I want to like DJ because I, I know you said you did one hour a day, which I think it's it's incredible in uh, 
in the sense of you know the commitment. Yeah. So he was like going to the gym, you know, one hour every day, and you were doing that, I guess, at home, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And what? How? What? Um, was it just because you got into like collecting CDs that you thought, oh, might as well DJ, or is it? Did you start collecting CDs because you wanted to DJ? That's a good. Yeah. So. Before the DJing, I was making beats on uh, a, a software for PCs called Fruity Loops. So I, was, so I went to college. So, so essentially, I went to college to study music technology. There they had Logic and Cubase. And then at home on my PC, I had Fruity Loops. And Fruity Loops is like a, a software where you can, um, you can make beats with the sounds that are already built into the application itself but then also you can sample so you can take a cd up uh, put that onto fruity loops chop up a song and then you can like remix the song if you want to it's really cool um and so i was making beats and then aside from making beats i I think one of my one of my interests were was radio. So like I would listen to like some of the bigger hip hop shows on on the radio at the time. And of course we're talking like even though the internet was about at the same time radio was quite prominent for hearing the newest music that was available. So it's not the case now because everyone just puts it on their social media. But back in <laughs> For you children out there that are listening <laughs> to the Borderline Personality Podcast, there was a time where you had to turn on the radio to hear the newest music. And um, yeah, I just thought that that was quite fascinating. I thought it was quite exciting. It's quite nerdy of me to be like, Friday night, uh, there was there was a show on Radio 1, uh, Tim Westwood. I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard of him, but like, he's an absolute wally. Uh, I could say that because I met him personally, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's recently recently been cancelled as well for for dodgy stuff. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, I don't want to kick a dead dog when he's down. But I um, I did used to listen to his show, and he used to have like everyone from Jay Z, like Kanye West. This is like when people like first starting out, they'd come to his radio show. He was like the gatekeeper for everything in hip hop, including UK hip hop as well. People like Skinny Man, Klashnikov and stuff like that. Everything went through his show. So that inspired me to be like, I want to be a a DJ. And then when I, when I was at home, like practicing my mixes, I in my brain, I was thinking my mixes are going to be for radio shows. Even though I would go out to club nights, and um in Birmingham and watch other di- other DJs and I never really had it in me to be like I want to be DJing in the in the nightclub but it wasn't until I got those opportunities to DJ in clubs and that was like immediate money as well it was like well you know tax free money I mean hey <laughs> you know what I mean everyone loves a bit of tax free money uh so yeah it, like cash in hand stuff like nothing major it wasn't like you know um Donald Trump, you know, making big, big bucks. But, you know, I just, uh, I just, I just fell in love with the immediate reaction of, you know, playing a tune and seeing a, a crowd like react to it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, have you done any radio work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, D- so for radio work, there were a few stations. I know you were based in Manchester. I don't know if you had a Galaxy. It was called Galaxy. It's now called Capital. Oh yeah, yeah. So capital, it was 
bought out by an umbrella company and changed. But I used to work on a breakfast show in Birmingham. It's called the Dan Kelly Breakfast Show. And I would kind of like write these. So, so I was broadcast assistant uh, and I assisted the producer. So what that meant was when people called into, so say like it's a breakfast show. Yeah. Um, the top of the hour, they would have like some subject that's in their book of like things that they could possibly talk about for that day. And then it's commercial radio as well. So like every 20 minutes, there's going to be adverts that play. So what they do, they treat it like an actual show, like it was a TV show. They would produce it as it is. So on the top of the hour, it would be, have you ever noticed that um, when you're walking through the shopping center, um, ladies with buggies will ram you in the ankles? Have you ever noticed that? And then we'd say, oh, call in if that's ever happened to you. And also call in if you own a buggy and if you do this on purpose. And then so, <laughs> yeah, so... So then, so that would, that, they, they would kind of bring it up over 20 minutes and then people would call in, they would record the calls because you, you don't want people like saying mad stuff live on yeah. um, national radio. And then, so then I would have to record the calls and then you'd, we'd play them out. But then also like, there's like little things that they would just read like, oh, Sue in Dudley says blah, 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 blah. And I would actually just write those things out myself. So I, you, I'd write funnier things or like make up <laughs> things and people would add, add to those over the hour. So like it'd be 20 minutes, then ads would play. Then it'd be another 20 minutes. So like oh, you'd kind of wow. like, yeah, we'd, we'd be producing this content over over a three hour show. So yeah, they were like, it's, I don't know, quite nerdy about radio and stuff like that, how the format works. But yeah, so that was my first taste of radio. Then um, you got Radio 1 in as part of BBC and BBC One Extra. And so I kind of made my steps towards working in those stations and got some work experience opportunities where I was able to make jingles. Uh, so, you know, like, um, you're now listening to da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Like, so I would, um, on my work experience, I would book a voice voiceover assistant, um, get them to record jingles. I would edit them in Logic. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like, that's me at, like, using everything that I learned in college to to kind of like, yeah, like, I've, I've, I've personally, I found, like, education and college quite useless because I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I was 17. So I didn't think I needed qualifications for any of those things. But then when I started doing more radio stuff, it was like, oh, I've been using Fruit Loops. I've been using Logic in college. I've been using Cubase. I've been using these applications. And so like it was like second nature. So when they would present these things to me, like, oh, we're going to do an ad on this, I had to learn how to like, I guess, um, do it on a on a on a bbc standard but i had my own sort of like experience with writing those little skits at galaxy right, right and like right. little 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 voices and little um tidbits here and there but then yeah i learned how to kind of make these these uh jingles and 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 whatnot and then i did a few shows a few shows which probably came on like 4am in the morning uh for bbc radio one and, and one extra and then yeah but then Again, because with DJing and the immediate money, I think in my head I was just like, let me just stay in the clubs and let me just, you know, keep active. And 
uh, yeah, then just managed to like get out of Birmingham and DJ across like Leeds, Manchester, Sheffield, Nottingham, um, Loughborough, Warrington. I know I'm showing off now. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever been to Warrington, it's a, it's a nice place. Um, yeah, and uh, where else? Yeah, uh, just getting around really. I mean, um, but yeah, in terms of like radio, was able to get some experience in, but I think my focus was like in the clubs and kind of just like my name being on flyers. Yeah. And then, you know, cause that's currency in itself. I've, I've kind of learned that perception is currency. So, you know, if you're on a flyer, that means that you're a part of this thing and people are going to want to come and see you and stuff like that. So. Wow. Okay. So, uh, that makes, that makes sense. I mean, um, you've done a lot, um, you've done comedy, as well or this like, is yeah. true yeah. would you still would you still do it or do you still think about doing it or because I know you were mentioning when you moved from Birmingham to London you started doing improv yeah and comedy and was that actually because you were writing for the uh, capital is that what made you think oh okay I can or like what, what made you then try comedy for a while Yeah, so uh, good question. So um, really good questions, of course. I mean, a big fan of the podcast. I've listened to all the episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, the... Yeah, so for writing and being humorous, um, as a kid, so this is way before my interest in music or wanting to be a producer. Like I was just super inspired by like comedic movies, comedic actors, So, you know, anyone from like Eddie Murphy is like a, a massive one. Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, um, you know, just like that kind of that clown role in a movie. That's like they can just be a little bit surreal and a bit silly. Um, I feel like uh, in like more modern movies, I see like Kate, uh, I can never say her surname, Kate Miniman or McKinnacan. I think she's on SNL, but like she's in um, Office Christmas Party, and she was in she was in Barbie. Did you see oh, Barbie? She yeah. was weird Barbie. Yeah, 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 like that kind of role where like they could just be a bit goofy. Yeah. So when I was a kid, when I wanted to be, uh, you know, I wanted to kind of act. I did some theatre shows and stuff like that. So I was always kind of comfortable on stage. And then um, for. Moving to London, moved to London in 2013, the links and connections of like DJing weren't that strong. Like I, I'd established myself in Birmingham and then up north. I didn't really have those connections in London, but I know fundamentally just in my nature, I'm quite a creative person. Like I've already named like seven different things of like DJing on radio, DJing in clubs, D, you know, making ads. It's just all those kind of things I just find fascinating and really interesting. And, and like, um, they take up a lot of consumption of my, my brain and attention. So when I was in London, like I was like a massive comedy fan, like, and I still am a massive comedy fan, but like, going to shows, like watching the shows, kind of like guessing what the jokes are going to be and just like feeling like I'm quite connected with what's happening on the stage as opposed to like um, going to see a show just to see a show. I think like I was sitting in the crowd like thinking, oh, he's going to do this now. He's going to, oh, he's doing crowd work now. Oh, this is a callback. 
all this, like, I just, yeah. you know, just learning all these different things from comedic movies, comedic actors like Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Dave Attal, uh, people like that, which I just found, like, just, yeah, really skillful, um, you know, more, you know, um, just interested in, like, how jokes are structured, the mechanism of laughter. So, like, I think that there is something also fundamentally in me that's, like, just interested in entertainment as a whole, that 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 magic of being able to, like, take someone out of themselves. So, like, you know, day-to-day, any, you know... <laughs> the, the, the term is civilian, but, like, most of us, most of us normal people, you wake up, you go to work, you come home, you have dinner, you go to sleep. Do you know what I mean? And then, like, on the weekends, if you get to spend the time with your family and your friends, you may go and look for some entertainment. And if you've got the energy for it, you may even look for some entertainment in the week. And so I love I love the, the concept of kind of that, that window that you have for entertainment is a, an escape. There's, a, there's, a, there's this opportunity for magic to happen with inside your brain. So, like, that is being on a dance floor and hearing a song for the first time and the, the song making you feel a certain way. That's going to a, a, a theatre show and watching people put on these other characters, these other voices, these costumes, like, just getting lost in creativity and taking and that 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 there's like these moments there's these windows and moments when it's you're you're sat in the audience and you are taken away from everyday norm and and i feel like there's there is a skill and there's a magic to that so i've always been inspired by any element of that really whether it's like yeah theater shows stand-up comedy movies is a massive one as well um so yeah um that's what kind of what I've always kind of gravitated towards. So when it came to like moving to London, um, you know, say, saying the lung, lung, lung roundabout way, um, I just write, used to write these little things and then thought like, let me just, I'd go to open mics as well and be like, okay, let me just see what this is all about and um, give it a go. And then, and I never really had stage fright, never really got nervous. If people didn't laugh, I didn't really... I don't know why, but I just didn't really take it as like, I, it didn't really define me as a person. But just because I think um, one thing I'm missing as well is like with my friends and stuff like that, I think people probably sometimes look to me towards like a level of comic relief at times. So I always used to get, you should try stand up or if you ever tried, thought about doing stand up or, oh, we've got a comedian over here. And that was just me just being in, in my nature. Do you know what I mean? So I think those little comments as well, which I probably had since I was a kid. They um, kind of rubbed, you know, rubbed off on me. And so, yeah, give it a try. Um, and then doing different open mics and learning, like, how hard it is in terms of the bringers. So, like, having somebody that's going to be able to come to a show with you and stay for the whole night. Um, you know, getting from one side of London to the other side of London, having a day job and stuff like that. Um, I, in, in the end, I just thought, let me just join a club. Let me... Uh, assist somebody in their production of running the night so if that's like playing the walk on music making sure the mics are plugged in like something so that the person that's running the night can focus on hosting or Mm. getting the tickets or whatever it is and i'll assist you 
And in that, you get like a little 10 minutes. You get a little, you know, 10, 15 mm-hmm. minutes to be able to do your thing as well. So I, that was my, my in, really. And then sometimes you could get, you know, a little £10 here or £15 here as well for like helping run the night and stuff like that. So that I kind of looked at it in a, a bit of a business way. I mean, earning £40 a month isn't hardly like... <laughs> <laughs> you know still I mean? better than nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's still better than... Because, you know, it costs money to get from one side of London to the other, so... Yeah, that was my my brain as well. I was just thinking about how, like, yeah, I'm, at least I'm getting paid for my time and I'm doing something creative. I've moved to London and I want to do these things that I'm really interested yeah. in or want to be involved in. Lighting as well. So, like, yeah, like learning how to kind of control the lights and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm a proper Jane of all trades, honestly. Wow. Uh, I, I just love anything that's to do with entertainment or any element of it. Like, I... Um, it's funny, just the other day, me, uh, me and my missus, we went out to uh, a night at Farnox in Brixton. And there was this uh, DJ called Run Trent from Detroit. And um, like he was DJing. And then to the left of him was a guy that was doing the lights. Uh, and the guy that was doing the lights was like, he was dancing while he was doing the lights. Yeah. And I, I, I tapped my missus on the shoulder and was like, that guy's um, in control of the lights. And she was like, oh, I thought he was the DJ. Because <laughs> he, he did actually look like he was DJing. Um, but when I walk into those kind of spaces, I, I don't just take it for what it is. Like I look at the curtains, I'll look at like the lighting, I'll look at the stage, I'll look at the dance floor, I'll look at the decks, I'll look at what equipment's available. Like I'm just really nerdy about anything that's to do with entertainment. Yeah, that that's uh, that's it. I, I think that's um, actually I don't know. I'm I'm impressed by how much energy you have because <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Because I think with me um, again, I love comedy and I love doing comedy and uh, I love doing this podcast. But it like it tires me out, and sometimes I'm just I just want to switch off from anything to do with it while. You know, when the fact that you you were saying like when when your your uh, your missus went out uh, in Brixton and you were, you know, checking the deck and you always keep an eye on like oh I wonder what's this and I remember when we uh, went out a couple of weeks ago, Croydon uh, in Croydon Sunny and uh, Croydon. you were yeah and you were still like because I I did notice that you were just like looking around and <laughs> you know check and I love it you know I'm just like how because I, I I think to me I some sometimes I do walk into a like a, a comedy a comedy night and I'm like, do they have a microphone? Yeah, okay. Like that's pretty much all. And then once I'm on stage, I'm like, oh, okay. So this is what you can see. This is what you can see. And I do, I do find differences interesting, but I just, I just, I feel like I'm a little bit jealous on the fact that you have this energy yeah. to, you know, take it. Uh, and I, I think you, you said something um, interesting. So who, um, what, what, who, who, which club did you work for? Like, did you, where did you do res- residency? I'm just curious because yeah. I, I love, and I know in other countries, I know of other countries having resident comedians, and I, I kind of like the idea. I'm not gonna lie, but then yeah, how, what was that like? Because how long ago did you do? If you don't mind me asking. So it was about seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Okay. So the moving to London, I moved to my granddad's, which he's based in Mill Hill East. Is like one of the first. Uh, Caribbean families in the area moved there in like the early 70s um, and then so when I went from Birmingham to living in London I lived with him for like 8 months in his place in Mill Hill East and um, but I moved to London I 
learned about like where certain open mics were. And one of them was the Cav, which is in Stockwell. Oh, okay, okay. So went down there to watch a couple of shows. The same month, I think my friend was DJing at a night in Stockwell as well. And I'd never really heard of Stockwell before, but like I'd been back and forth to Brixton because I've got family in Brixton. So um, like in the summer holidays when I was like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I would be sent to Brixton to stay at my aunties. Um, I'd also go to Fulham at my dad's as well. So I've always been back and forth to London anyway. But so um, when I first moved to London, I I kept going to Stockwell and I just found it really weird because I'd never heard of Stockwell before. But it was like this place where, oh, there's DJ nights here. There's opportunities to DJ. There's open mics. So when I was um, eventually leaving my granddad's, I was like, I'm going to get a flat in Stockwell. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So I moved to Stockwell and then went to the Cav and um, would go to the nights again. But like, I wasn't working there immediately. But like, you know, you get friendly, you get chatting and then, you know, stick around at the end and like, just pick up a chair or two, just like stack up a couple of chairs. Like, is there any, is there any opportunities to, to work? And then, yeah. So eventually I became the lighting tech uh, audio guy. And then uh, I hosted a couple of spots as well. But like, um, so I was helping out there for a while, uh, you know, getting a little bit of change and that. And then helped uh, another guy. I think his name was Pete. And he had, I can't remember the name of his comedy show, but it was based in central London. I think a place called the King and Queen which is just around the corner from like where the BT Tower is. I can't remember it, but lovely guy. Um, And that was open mic where I would help out as well. And then for a little bit, I'd done um, some of the ushering and some of the tech stuff at the Bill Murray as well. No way. Yeah, yeah. That didn't last for very long because I can't remember the guy's name. Really nice guy with the long hair. Uh, But like... um, he he was saying that like oh the angel and Bill Murray have like a a a, a a a community culture, so like you should come and hang out even if you're not doing a show or, which, I I understand but like it's London you know what I mean like if I'm not I'm not gonna go on the other side of the city just to hang out just because you know what I mean so that never ended like I never like ended uh, up there on a permanent basis but. I'd still respect it and I love Angel as like one of the I think it's one of the dopest uh, open mics um the waiting list is ridiculous but like <laughs> but like also that's also because it's just like a high caliber quality place so yeah um you know hats off to them that's still going uh but yeah it was like around when Bill Murray first opened and stuff like that and like helped out with like a few shows and um yeah, like I think they had like a couple battles there, which I helped out with, like in terms of tech. Performed there a couple of times as well. Nice, yeah, yeah. nice. I'm still, um, yeah, I'm still trying. I think I did uh, a one or two like um, rose battles, mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, I'm still um, I'm keen on doing uh, trying out the uh, open mic or like uh, one of the regular nights. But it's a good venue. I like it. Yeah, yeah it's very interesting. Now, I like the idea of it being. Um, run by comedians or by being a community but I'd also uh, empathize with you that you know sometimes if you live in a different part of London also I feel like when you know you don't do this for a sorry because I don't do this for a job or like you know seven years ago you when you have commitments during the day and you live in South London then 
traveling to North London, again, as much as I, I do feel like I do enjoy the sense of community, I also enjoy the sense of, you know, resting and not having to, again, I, yeah, do some things or like this, not have to be forced into doing something, like that, not, not wanting, to, not having to do something that you're like, oh God, I, I'd rather sleep, you know, than do this, or I'd rather like go and have, rest after my day job or you know or in my situation i sometimes think well i'd rather go and do a gig like perform somewhere than yeah well even watch because i did i i like i i did the angel i watched a few works in progress and i really enjoyed it i love the idea of work in progress but uh, and it's really inspiring as well because i don't know what you were like with your timing like how much how many minutes did you work on but i just find it um I just find it interesting to see how people treat like one hour shows and like you know like what's your train process of like making up to one hour show or the, the, how do you treat that work in progress because sometimes some people do strong jokes and then with like fillers in between some people just want to have a strong hour that starts and ends strong and I'm just captivated by how anyone does it individually but yeah go yeah ahead. well I wanted to ask about that because with in terms of like, uh, like how many minutes do you have at the moment? Me, I'm. I'd say realistically, I think fifteen, maybe yeah, but fifteen that I'm, I'm like happy with. Fifteen that I'm like, you know what, this is good work, and I'm, I'm comfortable delivering this in every room. So that's um, and how many years do you reckon you've ta- taken to like over form two that? years? That's that's really, really, really good, honestly. Because, like, in terms of, like, when you hear people like, you know, let's say Seinfeld, who is an alien anyway. He's just, like, he's not even a human. But, like, he's been working on jokes for, like, 40 years. Do you know what I mean? And, obviously, he has, like, I think he has, like, maybe four specials or stuff like that. But um, then when you hear, like, uh, like, there's comedians that will... I just want to you know, make sure I'm just not wording it correctly, but like comedians that will do like an hour show and bring it to Edinburgh um, like every year. And so I think that sometimes the human does need to kind of age. You need to like be able to say in London, you need to be able to say and the outskirts of London, you need to be able to say in all these different places. And it takes time. It takes so much time. So like that's good 15 minutes strong 15 minutes over two years is pretty impressive man i uh, thank you and i sometimes i i think it's it's not enough but um you know it, again i just being realistic because i i feel like if i were to just pour everything that i have written down i could go to like chatting for 45 50. Mm. but the, the real I'd, I'd rather i i think one of the things i found in the especially in the last few months is that when i go on stage i want to trust my material which is kind of like what I've done now, where you know I, I go on stage and I'm, I I know that what I'm doing is good, rather than previous or like times when I went in the in the beginning and I'd go on stage and I'd think, oh, um, are they not laughing because it's not funny or you know like well now I'm more of a are they not laughing or like am I do I need to do work because I don't know I have to articulate it better mm-hmm. does but I know that the idea it's funny I know what like what's in my head it's funny I know that it's done well in the past so i'm just curious about how do you know again but because i trust it i don't think twice before i have to say it it just comes out of me and i'm, I'm kind of glad i got there but uh i was going to ask you and this is uh 
This is really huge because I, I I was really um, excited for you. Um, we talked about like having like stay, being able to be flexible between supporting the say hobby or supporting the your dream and having a day job. Mm-hmm. Recently, you've went full on working on your basically like what you're passionate about, like do, do, doing like your um, like your being in charge of like your career full time mm-hmm. or like not uh, having any like day day jobs. How what was that like? How what was the journey like? Yeah, um, th- yeah congrats. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's um, it's a month and a bit. No, that's two. It'd be two months now. So I, no, end of October is when I first went full time with uh, music, and that's yeah, it's a dream. It's a, I'm living a dream at the moment, and there are like a few things which I'm trying to do with my life in terms of like, in terms of being in the moment. Like I am trying to sh- practice gratitude for what I have. So in terms of not just like, all right, I'm full time now. Let's work, 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 work. It's like okay, take those breaths, take those deep breaths. Um, outside of music and like doing a day job, I was studying, um, I I am studying Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well. And, um, coincidentally, round about the time when I ended my, uh, full-time job, full-time work, I got my blue belt. So congrats. So like no longer a white belt, which white belt is like the first, you know, year or two of understanding for me, I personally believe that the blue belt is the first actual belt. It's the first belt that you earn, should I say. But then also that I feel like that is like you've gone past the initiation stage now. You've taken all your your raps, you know, you've taken all your beats and everything. And now now it's time to start. So yeah. That's happened. So in the week I I am factoring in like two to three sessions and I should be going a lot more, but um, I don't get sick pay anymore. <laughs> so if I get injured, uh, I am, I am. I, there's there's this weird anxiety that I have that if I'd go like you know six times in the week because it's you know each class is like an hour or whatever, and it, injuries happen a lot. You know, uh, you you literally using your body uh, to be thrown or you know to do or throw somebody else or whatever so yeah i'm trying to be kind to myself in terms of time energy and space and and then allowing these creative ideas to uh, occur and then i think that it's also allowing me to understand you know i've listened back to a few of the podcasts as well like the one with nancy and uh, the one with valley woods as well so there's two things that are probably still from them so like I guess in terms of like um, time and creativity and how like you, you factor in that those two things. So like there are, there's like you have an idea, then you put the idea into place and then you start the idea and then you finish the idea and then you go into the next thing. And now what I'm trying to do is like develop some, discipline and consistency around those different ideas like honestly my my dream my dream job 
would be to, to be able to sit in a chair and just come up with ideas. <laughs> like just a, just a nice chair like this, like a nice, like soft chair. I could put my feet up and I can just sit back. Like that. I put my legs up and just come up with ideas. And then someone that I know and I trust, you know, puts that idea into action because that's what they are really good at there you know and then i could just come up with another idea and you know that <laughs> that would be my dream um uh yeah so that's what i'm working towards because there's a, quite a few different crazy ideas that i have or i stay inspired by a lot of different things but like i think yeah right now the the, the main things that i'm focusing on is remaining inspired remaining disciplined and remaining consistent. And that's within not only my my gym, you know, practicing jujitsu, um, being creative with DJ mixes and then taking steps in towards putting that online and being able to make the creative shorts on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, things that people can just see and consume because, you know, talk about social media for a second it fucking sucks because it's so distractive. But if when we were children, when you were watching your TV, your favorite TV show, your favorite TV show would be stopped, and then this 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 TV network would just throw all these different things at you. This new car, this new toy, this new cleaner. It'd just be thrown into your face yeah. and it would be done with a song or it would be done with humor, it would be done with sex. And the exact same thing is what is what is happening on, on social media. Now everybody gets to do that all the time. Instead, we're not watching our favorite shows anymore. Now we're just watching back to back adverts for everything. So, like, how do you use social media and not let it use you? And that's 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 my own little project at the moment because social media is a powerful thing. Like, there's so many people that are like influencing. There's like people that have probably been doing stand up for like thirty years. Then they they've got this funny bit, put it online, boom, you know. And whether or not their their followers or their interaction go up and down, it can make or break you. So, yeah, I'm trying to understand how that 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 works as a function. And then uh, the consistency, so around like, you know, regularly posting, regularly going to the gym. And then also just like creating small challenges for myself as well. So like um, not getting comfortable, not getting too comfortable. I think there may be some kind of insecurity there in terms of like, I don't deserve to be, to, to have all this spare time within the day. But I know that Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, if I'm lucky, I'm out till late around drunk people that are on drugs. Like I don't, I don't drink, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that, that, that part's the work, <laughs> you know, getting to yeah. and from the gigs is the work, but yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, I, I am so, I'm just trying to change my mindset on what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And then also, um, you know, um, I do have to kind of state, it's a, it's a message that I, sent to you as well in terms of like when I came to that gig in Croydon I was able to meet your better half as well like uh you know a beautiful person and Thank I'm you. so happy for you because I have uh, a partner as well that's super supportive and has really helped me to take these steps into doing the thing that I really want to do and 
yeah, I'd probably say that I can't, I can't really be in this situation without them, without their support, without their love, without their encouragement. And so like that, that has been massive for me in terms of just like growing as a person, because um, up until the age of 21, I was a, I, it was me and my mum, basically. My mum had my little sister when, she, when I was 21, she was 40. Uh, and then, so like, but my mum wasn't with uh, my little sister's dad. So like I essentially helped raise my little sister or whatever. But I say all that to say that as a child, most of my time was me and my imagination, TV and my interests. So I was just by myself so much. And so like I just knew how to be by myself. I was my best friend. I was, I made myself interesting. I, whether it was, interesting in clothes fashion tech comedy movies bike riding um wrestling um do you know what i mean like yeah. it was just i just i just found things football football shirts football teams like my brain was just like just latches onto all these things and then and then i want to know and then i want to know like what people's birthdays are where they were born I want to know. I just want to know every single detail to everything. It's just how my brain kind of operates. Like I don't. I just. I become. I think it's obsessed. Is the, <laughs> it's the best word to describe. Um, when I'm really interested in something, I just. I become thoroughly obsessed. But it, it consumes me. And so, now that like like 37, um, I, I I have to kind of be realistic in terms of like what interests are, what obsessions are, and how, like, I can monetize the things that I'm aware of or, you know. Um, and so my personal time or the, you know, and then, you know, living with an amazing partner, now I, I'm ha having to learn how to share not only the things that I'm interested in, but we're both interested in, like, what she's interested in, like, enjoying that as well. Like, whereas before, everything was just me and my world so I, I feel like i'm really excited to be able to grow and develop just as an individual anyway do you know what i mean so like i do have to state that like yeah my partner is um like a massive massive inspiration for me and super support system as well wow yeah. that was uh what you said was was beautiful i generally <laughs> uh no i just I, yeah it's just wonderful and i this is one of the things i've noticed and i um uh, I admired about you even since we started like to know each other the the i guess the po like positivity or you know you you're very you you seem like it's hard to to tell whether like there is something going on with you or not because you're all you just seem to be very level and like very consistent in your behavior like you you seem to be very not in your behavior but you seem to be very consistent in the way you um treat your emotions i guess you know like I've, i don't think i've ever seen you i've seen you maybe like annoyed at times but still you you're very good at you know taking on those or at least it's, it's, it seems like it because i know people have a lot of things going on mm. right like you don't really you know i don't i don't really know what's in someone's head but at least the way you come across is like someone who's you know you, you i wouldn't see you as as someone who would do something uh what's the word um you know out of um out of like not no control but yeah like out without thinking or out without 
judging it in the, in the head the first time. We're like, is this good or is this bad? Is that the right thing <laughs> for me or is it the wrong thing for me? Because you seem like, you, you know, you, you're, you're very good at analyzing. That's it. You're very good at analyzing, you know, the situations and, uh, yeah. You. It's funny, uh, my professor at the uh, jiu-jitsu gym, I'm part of Gracie Barrett in Oval, and when he's doing a, like, showing us a move, like, there's a couple of times where he's told me off by, like, not told me off, because it's just, this is just how he carries himself anyway. He's an amazing person. But, like, he will look at my face while I'm watching what he's doing, and he'll just be like, why are you looking at me like that? But it's because I think I have this, like, the way that I take in information is, like, I wear it on my face as well. So sometimes you can see, like, I'm, like, analyzing something, and my, my face will go, like, super straight and just like just taking as much information as possible um in terms of like what you said about um sort of energy attitude and positivity so um it feels like it's a, a nice place to say on the borderline personality uh podcast but i went through cbt just before covid uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which just changed my life. Um, the name of the therapist was Nimi Hotnik. Um, she's like retired university uh, lecturer, professor. Um, and yeah, she changed my life in terms of dealing with um, like anxiety, depression. I think moving to London, I still haven't really quite like I, I see it for what it is in terms of like there's way too many people and there's there's so many people around that if everybody gave everybody else the time and space, they wouldn't be able to get things done. <laughs> That's, yeah. So everyone just thinks that they have to be rude. People feel that they have to push in line or they have to walk into you or they have to step on your trainers or they have to put their leg on your leg when you're on the tube or <laughs> do they think that they have to do that because there's no, but they, they don't realize that you don't have to do that but because there's so many people around them what they do is go so far into their own minds to disassociate from their surroundings that they just make the world a little bit uncomfortable for everybody else I, I know that that's like a major thing to say. So like, I'm quite a sensitive person in the, in those regards, to be honest. And I, I get pissed off by so many things, but like, I'm also over analyzing and overthinking everything and, and, and seeing it for what it is. But, um, my cognitive behavioral therapy allowed me to kind of like be kind to myself with my, like, it's kind of like, um, I saw this thing on, uh, so uh, yeah, I saw this thing on Jim Carrey's Instagram where it was like it was like a picture of a person with a shadow and then it was like uh therapy will therapy will show you like next to your shadow and then the end result is like you're holding your hand holding hands with your shadow basically. So like it allows you to not 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 say to yourself I'm not going to do these things anymore. It's like I understand why I do these things and that doesn't define who I am. I do these things based on my past experiences and the way that my brain has taught me to handle further things. 
You, do you see what I mean? So you're kind yeah. of like being kinder to yourself. Yeah. Because there's, there's, you know, like obviously like no one's perfect and stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's where I am in terms of like just trying to be very real about things when I meet people and like I don't get the energy that I'm looking for. Like at first I'll take it on as like, oh, oh, oh. And I think what happened was when I was in primary school, I was ostracized a couple of times by like groups of kids. I was never bullied I don't think I was ever bullied myself, but like, you know, when there's like... Wait, what's ten... the difference? So, what's the difference? Yeah, what's ostracized? Oh, that's a good question. So, uh, ostracized, so like, say like, um, there's 10 people and then let's all play football. And then it's like, right, we'll put five people on that team and four people on that team and you can't play. Which oh. I, don't, I don't know if that's bullying, but like, I would say like more like... Excluded? excluded kind of um i guess maybe that's a form of bullying maybe i'm maybe i'm maybe i'm seeing it in a different way maybe it is a form of bullying but like i don't i I, when i think of bullying i think of like hey give me your lunch money or like (laughs) i I think it's it's still like what you said is i i would still think as, as bullying i mean i'm being biased because I used to always be the last one picked at sports. So I used to be, the way it used to be for me was that they'd um, say, okay, fine, we'll play with the reserves. You just sit on the bench and wait. And I would have to wait for ages until one of the kids gets like knackered. And then I would have a couple of minutes while they rest up. And then I wouldn't play again for like 20 or 30 minutes. So, you know, but yeah, to continue, to continue. Yeah, I think that's still, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I think from those experiences, um, sorry, with with your situation, was that a teacher that cho- chose whether or not you could play? No, or, or it, was, it, was, it was the kids. community. Yeah, it was in yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that, I think, like, those experiences, which is, like, to be honest, I think that that's, in my brain, I feel like that's a good experience. I I, I kind of tell myself that, in order to appreciate the light, you need the dark. So you, you can't. Life can't just always be amazing, 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 amazing. You know, like how a Mario jumps from one thing in the air to another thing to in another, the air yeah. to another thing in the air. Like you need to fall into the fire pit to learn to not fall into the fire pit. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of like a powerful thing. It gives you more experiences. I, th- I don't feel like you can always win. I mean, at the moment I feel like my life is amazing and I'm, I'm, I'm winning on so many different levels, but that's possibly because of some of the, the shit that I've had to drag myself yeah. through prior to pandemic. But like, you know, as poetic as it may be, I felt like prior to that, I was a caterpillar. And then what 2021, I, I, I managed to become a butterfly and like, actually become an adult man like i didn't really even see myself as an adult or like uh i just saw myself as like a big kid or like i'm just gonna i'm gonna be in my peter pan pajamas forever (laughs) do you know what i mean just like and yeah now i've kind of like come to terms with who i am i understand myself I, i do try to explain myself the best way possible um when i'm in front of people or you know, like, ah, this is how I, this is how I function. This is how I, I am. Like, even when I was here, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't go to bank station, but I will for this podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> like, yeah. but it's just because I know who I am and like, I know how to like avoid feeling certain ways about myself. But then at the same time, 
you still need to face those things because the more that you put them off, the more that you exit out of your life, you're not creating new pathways of new memories and new experiences. It makes you more powerful, man. You know what I mean? I, I, wow, no, that, that's, that's beautiful. And um, I was thinking about what, because I, I think sometimes, and I, I think I've seen something like this before, or like I've seen this thing before where you were saying that, oh, if you had something to tell like the, ch the child in you or like the younger version of yourself, just tell the ver younger version of yourself that, oh, things can eventually get better. However, I still think that, um, and especially I think it, the impact that it has on, on a child, because I know like some things that I have been impacted by as a, as a kid, because you know when you're a kid, you don't know that life is going to get better. Like to you, I think, because at the time as well, at least in my case, it was a lot of like, what have I done to be treated like, like you know, like you, you're, because now you, you I, and I think I've learned um Because I've also I've, I've done CBT before I've uh, got diagnosed with uh, borderline personality disorder, uh, but you know you you learn to be more kind to yourself. However, at the time, at least my again my my situation was a lot of what it's happening. You couldn't understand, and I I always grew up thinking that I do, didn't like kids, and like even now, which is which is weird because as an adult, I feel very uncomfortable around children. Just because I've always I was always picked on as a child, so I I still feel weirdly defensive when I'm around kids, as if I will still be picked on. It make it's it's weird. Like I I would I could spend time with like five year old or like six year old olds. You know, I meet them like in the garden or in the communal garden on my garden but yeah i mean or like you know sometimes um i see them in in work and stuff like this and and a part i i i noticed that i'm just like like shut the doors like a part of me is just like barricade the windows as in no again like don't let them come in because as soon as they come in i'm just scared that, that it just brings all these like emotions it's very weird and yeah something tells me as well that kids gravitate towards you as well Like, in terms of, like, they like to interact with people, but I feel like you have, like, um, I find, like, like myself, like, people with bigger features, they kind of, like, pay more attention to us. And then also, that inner child that we all carry is there, it's very apparent, and I feel like children do pick up on that. Do you not, do you not tend to find that kids want to interact with you? I do, yeah, I do, no, and I, 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 see I, I, I see, especially with, because I, I love, like, for example, like, my niece and my nephew, And I was thinking about it uh, recently that sometimes when, like, they say some some stuff, and I, I feel like most hurt, you know. Like, if, if my sister was to say some some weird shit, I'll be I'll be fine. I'll be like, no, it's. But then if if say like, I remember a couple of years ago, I think, uh, or like a year or so ago, I was helping my niece with her homework, and um, she wasn't happy by the fact that I, I was like, we're not going out until you finish your homework. And she was like, oh, I hate you. And I remember I felt so sad when she said I hate you as if like she meant it and as if, you know, while, look, for example, even like say, uh, again, my sister would be like, oh, I hate you. I'd be like, yeah, fine. Mm. I know you don't mean it. It's crazy. So yeah, I do see that. I do see that sometimes. And I, I get, that's the thing. I feel like once I get comfortable, like once um, 
For example, like I have uh, one of my uh, my closest friends, Johnny from is from is is in Manchester. Um, I get on with like his daughter, you know, and like we we play every time I I, I visit. We we can like play for hours, and we're just uh, having a nice time. And uh, I do notice that, but I think especially at the beginning, you know, and and yeah, at the beginning when like I see the my first thought is, oh God. What's gonna happen now? And uh, sometimes after I interact with children, like the, my first memories is f- times when I used to have a good time with kids, and then say like my best friend would become someone else's best friend next week, and I would be so <laughs> heartbroken, you know. And like yeah, I'd be like oh no, like uh, that's it, you know. And that I I generally think like some of my very early memories are I used to lie to my mom. No, sorry. I used to lie to my mates when I was a kid because like they would ask, uh, they would say, "Oh, do you want to come outside?" And sometimes I would lie that my mom didn't let me go out, even without asking my mom, just because I didn't want I I didn't want to go outside, but I also didn't want to be like, "Oh, I don't want to go outside," so I'd be like, uh, "My mom said I can't go out." Mm-hmm. And I would just go and play FIFA, or I just go like Counter Strike or whatever it was on at the time, and I would, you know, yeah. Yeah, I guess like these are early when you look back, like understanding um, introversion and extroversion. And like, I think I, th- th- those kind of things make me think around like, are they genetic things that you're born with? Or are they like specific experiences that you have at a particular age in between, say, two and five, two and six maybe, particular experiences which like develop like just and and then it changes how you interact with everybody and the whole world around you for the rest of your life. Do you know what I mean? Like some people get energy from being around people all the time. Like that's just how like when there's like deathly silence and they're in the house by themselves, they'd start to panic and stuff. I am in heaven. <laughs> when that happens yeah. like but then also like i say heaven but then chilling out with my missus at home is like the sweetest thing in the world it's just it's also heaven as well so like but the reason why i said that it was heaven first is because i'm going back to my childhood yeah. when i never had no choice i just had to like make my environment interesting i had to play with my toys i had to put the tv on i had to put on my mum's music or whatever, like put on one of her, you know, records or something like that. Or, you know, you just become creative. You you, yeah. you create. And so um, they're like, it's coping things, isn't it? It's coping. But then when you start, again, with this, we're talking about doing CBT and stuff. When you open up like, oh, okay, like there's these few instances in my life that's like, I've now taken that on as, oh, this is my personality. I'm I I but it's not really the it's not really the case. They're just like these learnt behaviours which then you can make a choice whether or not you want to let that define you. Do you see what I mean? I do. I I um I do see what you mean. I I I I agree because I think uh, again it's a it's a weird and it's a much look. I think it's a 
it's a it's a such a huge conversation I probably will never stop between like nurture and nature you know like what's the middle ground and I do but I also see the the both sides that's why again I think it's incredible the the things that you were saying like the way you the, your perspective now on certain things because I was probably the same person of like oh just like playing on again like putting music in the background like trying to like have to distract but you see like for 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 me for so many years it was I don't think I was do it distracting myself because I want to have like a good time or a better time. I think it was more based on a fear level. You know, it was kind of a, oh, I'd rather be alone because then nobody can hurt me. But then you look back and I would look back and I'd be like, oh, why don't I, like, why am I not speaking with this person anymore? And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I've probably rejected them. Or like, I, I, I run away before they could run away. But then, you know, and it, it's, I just think that yeah, your your perspective is is beautiful and it's very I, it, okay. Not as if that is like a wrong and a right, but I think yours it's a very again. I I think it, it it's a it it looks like it's doing well for it's working well for you. It's working in your favor, and you definitely deserve the the good things because I uh, and everything that's like happening around you, you know, because you, I mean, you're you're doing really well and you're like you're a lovely person you know i've, I've uh, every, i think every conversation we had and um i really I still enjoyed the when we watched uh, the london lions live and hopefully we we can go again, go soon. again yeah, yeah. yeah uh but you see stuff like this where i think even when i uh when i saw you um when again when you were like, transitioning when you're like okay i'm done with my day job i'm this is this is my day job now like this is my big focus career wise and you know sometimes you're like rooting for someone because you're like i if it goes well like you know if if it goes well i want f- to go well for that person and that's how i feel towards you i'm like no are you yeah i, I kind of like, i want it to go right more than i would want for any someone else because I've seen you and I've kind of I spent time with you and I'm like you know, I've yeah I don't know even now I think uh, yeah th- th- sorry I'm just lo- lost in this thing I'm gonna stop now but yeah no it's it's good you know and I'm glad and I think it's um, and you have a vision which is beautiful and I think uh, the um, jujitsu Brazilian jitsu how did you get into that yeah so um, I found the gym from walking back from my CBT therapist. <laughs> yeah, so must have had an amazing session. Um, I think also just like, just to catch what you were saying there, like in terms of like, I think that you're a lovely person as well and it's always great to be around. Like, I just I just love being around people where like I'm not having to be anything else other than what I am. And if, if I'm honest, like I do get that a lot. Like there are people that they're just not in my free, not in my, not not in my frequency. But like I feel like I just have to be more than what I am to be comfortable. So like that's it's always good to hang out, spend time. Like we went to the basketball. Come to I've been meaning to come into the comedy shows anyway. But like and I definitely want to come to a lot more. Uh, definitely want to help out with bits of the pods and stuff like that if anywhere i can yeah um, and help it rise you know and get more listeners and stuff like that and uh and again like i said the production stuff like things like you know using logic and little tips and stuff that's like at the end of the day like i didn't come up with these things someone showed me once and you know i haven't haven't really 
put it to as much good use as I would like it to, but you have a podcast, you have a a thing that is out on a weekly basis. People are waiting to listen to that. So if there's a couple of bits of information I can give to you that's going to help your thing grow, then that's me putting at least my knowledge to good use, even if I'm not using it. Do you know what I mean? I was going to say... um, Jamaican saying, I don't know if it's Jamaican saying, but it's each one teach one. I don't know if you've heard that before. No, each one teach uh, one. Yeah, yeah. You know, each person teaches something else. Each one teaches another. So, oh, yeah, so you're okay. just sharing. You know, nothing is anybody's. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't take any of, this, any of these things, whether it's, uh, um, you know, um, monetary, um, material, or knowledge. Do you know what I mean? But, like, to just, like, kind of sit on the, all the marbles yourself is... It's just like, what's the point in that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it gets lonely as well. I, I, well I, the way that I look at it as well, um, as well as being lonely, is like making more space for more things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like You could have um, 30 of the best T-shirts in the world and they all fit you. Perfect fit, perfect design. But in your place of residence, you may only have one cupboard that fits all these T-shirts but what if you see a new T-shirt? What if you see a couple of new T-shirts? You could just give a couple of your existing ones that you probably don't wear as much to charity or to a friend or to a vintage clothing store. And then you could acquire the new things. I know this is not environmentally friendly. and uh, <laughs> Well, it kind of is. Cause you know what I mean? I, it's more just like making more space for things, yeah, essentially. So yeah. what I'm saying is like in terms of ideas if you keep all these ideas in your head and you don't apply them or you don't share them, then how do you make space for more things? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's what I try and that's my perspective on it. I, I, I agree. And I think uh, it was actually quite interesting because when you, um, I love the fact that when you came in and we started like setting up, you, you, you were like so curious. You're like, oh, let's see this. Let's try that. You know, it was very, it was, it was, it was nice. It, I mean, it was amazing. And again, like you were, you were, seeking of um you know getting like oh okay cool i see how this works <laughs> I, I got that or uh, i'm I, I reckon if we do this then uh no that was brilliant i think your uh, your idea yeah i agree because i i've noticed a lot as well as especially maybe even now when uh, when you're looking into like uh, social media or like when you're looking at like your like little challenges towards your big challenge that look for example like learning things about around the podcast you know the fact that I, for example, I have like uh, I had had the opportunity to have uh, I think brilliant people around around me like yourself, where I can ask for advice or I can ask for oh what do you reckon about this or like what do you reckon about like this piece or like what do you think about this uh, way of doing X Y and Z. It helps me out to now. And again, it's still work in progress. I'm still learning a lot. But look, for example, from the first episode to to now, you know, I've learned more. And the fact that I, someone was there to help me get that information quicker, mm. then it actually helped me move on to focus on like my main goal, which is not the say producing, is not the the, the recording and understanding. Was it? no, it's the actual podcast that the interview is getting to know the person getting to you know share someone's story out and that was only possible because 
someone was like, oh, I'll help you out with that. Like I had the Liam, um, he's a, a part of the a, a band called the, the Birches mm-hmm. uh, over and he's the one who's um, basically um, given me like loads of tips as well and uh, helped me out. And, you know, if it wasn't for Liam to go like, oh, I reckon this is all, Nancy, you know, Nancy was the, the one who was like, just, just do it, just get it out there, just try, just put, and if it wasn't for those people, then this idea would have just been in my head still and, who did the artwork? Um, AI. <laughs> oh, okay. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah well, my mate uh, Dave. Uh, big up AI. <laughs> yeah. Big up, big up Dave. <laughs> big up Dave from uh, from Czechia because he's the one who's asked AI to to do it. Ah, uh, and he okay. used his credits for it. So uh, yeah, big up Dave. Um, I was gonna I was gonna say as well that because um, you did ask about the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and it was like irrelevant. It was relevant to what you were saying in terms of. Um, learning understanding and growing and then being able to focus on certain things so like um when i was you asked me the question sorry in terms of like how did i get into it listening to like joe rogan podcast and um having an interest in ufc understanding that the ultimate fighting championship actually came from uh, this family called the Gracies, who uh, there's one guy in particular called Horian Gracie, who was one of the founders of UFC. And I, I got an interest in that, like combat sports boxing and whatnot. Walking home from my um, therapy session, I walked past the gym and then went in there and then was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to sign up for a class. It was COVID at the time. And so I probably hadn't really been that sociable did like um, an introduction, did one class. This guy was just sweating on top of me and in my face, <laughs> breathing in my face. And my, and my brain was like, just because it probably been a year of any sort of, you know, human contact outside of my partner at the time. Uh, it was just like, this is, I can't, I can't do this right now. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I waited like probably like another eight, eight, nine months and then joined and yeah that is the exact same thing in terms of uh understanding m- maneuvers in grappling submission attempts um and then fitness as well but like there is definitely something in me that like i think if i look deeply into it i think that there was as a kid, like not having my pops around and stuff, not having my dad around, uh, he's still alive, but like not in my life. And um, there were times where like, I probably wanted to play fight with him and I couldn't. And then at school, I'd like play fight with my friends, but then that would probably get too, you know, um, violent and then, you know, get into an actual fight or something like that. So like, there is something in me that's quite like wanting for, not brutal violence, just like I think I do, even though I am quite introverted and I like my own space and time, I do like physical conflict to some degree. And then so the beautiful thing about jujitsu is the respect and the honor of the people that you're around. Like I need to learn how to choke you out. But before I do that, I'm going to shake your hand. <laughs> I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what's your name? Oh, Dave. Oh, I'm Corey. Nice to meet you. Right, turn around. I'm just gonna 
I'm just going to choke you out <laughs> and just tap me on my arm when you're um, choke her <laughs> when you, yeah. just just before it gets too tight. Um, but then learning all these techniques, it allows me to be in the moment. So like I, I because you you are as you grow and you um, go to more classes, you are invited along to advanced sessions. I, I'm, I can go to all the advanced sessions now, but like in those sessions is where you have to be in the moment because there's people that have been there longer, if not they're younger, more athletic. And it's a real thing. You're using your body, your energy, your spirit, your essence to dominate the other person. And that person is trying to do the same thing to you. So I can't really be thinking about DJing later or what I'm going to have for dinner or that TV show that I enjoyed in the nineties or the, the, you know, the theme <laughs> song to it or whatever, or a Simpsons reference. I just have to be in that moment because whatever that person's going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to um, be choked out. And then uh, I think I'm naturally quite competitive, uh, which I do try to keep a leash on because I don't want to, I don't want it to get out of control, but I think I'm quite competitive, like in a, in a, in a, in a natural in a natural sense um but yeah have you ever tried any sort of martial arts combat uh you say you do boxing before no i did um i did i, I had like boxing gloves because my uh, my local gym when i first moved to london had a boxing bag um no i did uh, i did a couple of like uh, kickboxing when i was in high school didn't really like it i didn't like the people that were uh, involved with it it was very like too chavy for me, mm. um, but I did like, uh, and I did, I did it uh, wrestling, like actual, like the uh, uh, Olympic wrestling, and I, um, I actually remember that before COVID, I started doing it again in Manchester. It was like this, like Russian coach, it was really good, really like it was so hard, and it was amazing because again, I think when I was a child, and the reason why I tried to do it again, it's because. I was, I just felt horrible about, like, the kids around me were, like, very judgmental. And I've never, I didn't actually enjoy it. I, I did it more because my dad made me go. Uh, it was like a, again, it was like a local pride thing because we have uh, one of the greatest living, um, basically, like, my, my coach at the time was, like, this guy who, um, won actual like medals at the Olympics. I think he was the first Romanian to win, uh, to have a silver, a bronze, and a gold medal in okay. his. Yeah, so that this is when because he was from our lo hometown and stuff, and he was coaching the children in that town. I was kind of like pushed into it. Um, didn't enjoy it at the time, but I always wanted to give it another try. And yeah, I tried it before uh, before COVID, and I had I, I had fun, and I think uh, I think I got to the point where this there was this like um, um, Russian guy um, that was just throwing me around like I was nothing, and you know instead of I remember this happening as a kid and being like made fun of while this guy was just like come on get up. You do me and something, you know. And I was like, "This is like that." The, the fact that again, I I felt the camaraderie, and I felt, and I agree with you. I think with 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 combat sports, the fact that or like, I love pretty much. I think I, I love loads of sports that have some sort of like contact, and 
it's a, a part of it is because you know I feel like in order to fight someone you have to respect someone to again not necessarily in a in a personal level because that person might have again very different opinions on I don't know human right whatever you but on the on the fact that you know someone's spend the time to train towards something that that's uh, that that is some re- that that's a thing that that's a thing that needs and deserves respect to a level. The fact that they shows that they showed up in a gym, whether I don't know, say they have different political views than you do, different, you know, I don't know, beliefs, whatever it is, you kind of like leave that on the side. You know, you you separate the art from the artist, or the whatever however else you want to say. But then you you respect that you know because again, like you said, that that guy or that that person that you're about to choke in the gym at the time they made the same commitment that you have made to be there to work hard to to and look even again the fact that they chose that as their outlet that's even better you know rather than i don't know hurting people in a non-consensual way, I'd rather, and that, like, I love, I think the older I got, the more I even, I love watching sport, uh, contact sports, mm. just because I love the fact that, you know, again, there is a way to basically be entertained by that and feel like you're a part of it, you know, whether you're watching like your favorite fighter or I uh, watch like my favorite football team or whatever, or, like rugby team. I still, at the end of the game, I'm like, okay, some of my anger and some of the things that I'm going through, they are kind of like gone away now. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. With the uh, combats, uh, like, but I agree with what you're saying in terms of like the respect. I think I think that like when I, so I, I do want to sign up to compete next year. Like I say, I mentioned my age already, 37, so I'll be 38 next year. But watching people go through that interaction pushing themselves through something for and also for the sake of entertainment like i go to the gym and i'm doing it just because it makes me feel better for the, throughout the week it helps me to communicate with people it helps me to alleviate anxiety i get my fitness in and i also get to learn and work on my techniques and how to use my body creatively to um get out of situations and put people into situations but then, like, the Anthony Joshua's and the Tyson Fury's and Conor McGregor's and Israel Adesanya's and, you know, these massive combats, you know, they're, they're what they eat day to day, how much they weigh, like, the skills that they know. And then there's all this work that you have to do to put yourself physically. And then you have to... Their, their currency is developed through challenging, like taking on other challenges and then not only taking on that challenge, but you're taking on that challenge in front of the world. What, apart from probably rock climbing, because I hate heights. I don't know. I I know you do rock climbing, but I can't stand heights. But like (laughs) what, and probably like bungee jumping or any kind of like skydiving stuff. Like what is actually harder than being in a ring? I, if I saw a ring or an octagon, my knees would just start shaking. Like, just it, just the respect of just being by something like that, where you put everything, your mental, spiritual level, on that, you know, on that 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 
that pedestal or that 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 level and, and try and operate on your your highest form and push you're not only beating that self you're not even beating the person that's in front of you your opponent but you're beating a version of yourself the person that you once was because you have to evolve from that to be yep. successful it's it's there's nothing like it on tv it's like one of the most buzzing things to watch it's funny like you know watching it with people that don't really get it that much or it's like oh it's just people hitting each other it's like it you're not wrong they are hitting each other but also that one person is trying to make sure that the other person is not hitting him and then also he's trying to hit him more times than the others trying to hit the other person and it's so and you can't breathe you feel like you've got like a beanbag attached to your chest you feel like you've just been put in a furnace because you're just burning sweating the room spinning like you 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 have to like push yourself through this this next level so like again it is entertainment and i and i've brought up entertainment a few times i know that's another version of entertainment but um I don't. I know it's too late for me to try and get into any form of like high level combats, but I do want to take part in a few jujitsu competitions next year just to experience that. That kind of like I've I've been sparring for a, about a year, and um, it's it's hard, really hard, but like fascinating and just a great way to learn. I'd love to invite you along to a class and I'm, give it a go. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to come. Yeah, I, I might. Uh, I'll, I'll come and I'll participate. I don't think I will. Um, yeah, I don't know because I, 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 I'm, I'm still very aware that. Oh, actually, no, I could be fine because if it's a lot of, uh, I'm not good with like uh, again like boxing is not. I'm, I'm close. I'm slower at like those like impact, you know. But if it's, uh, I feel like on on the floor or like on the ground, I. I could do okay. I get maybe I don't know, but again, better than actual uh, again actual boxing, for example. Because I, I did notice like sometimes I uh, when I was like punching the bag, I would like take some videos of myself just to like see whether like you know like posture and stuff. Not for social media, but uh, I would watch and in my head I think I'm really fast. And then I watch <laughs> the video and I'm like, oh god, like how is this? Because you know you watch again, you watch professionals do it, and you're like, oh yeah, cool, that's probably how i look when i punch a bag <laughs> and then i watch myself and i'm like i could have been punched like five times by the time i uh, looks like of, an outtake from rocky or something yeah. like that like some kind of like it's like a slow, slow motion, motion. <laughs> <laughs> you put this on 0.5 yeah yeah like, i'm like oh can i 1.5 no 1.75 okay that's it that looks good now um so yeah I, I i would be up for it though yeah and i, I was actually as you said it i thought you know what maybe i might try i might have a look around uh, london to see if there is any uh wrestling classes because i might do that too mm. but anyway you know i had uh, such a good uh, such a good time recording this really enjoyed it same now what's your um plan for uh, 2024 like what uh, is anything that again coming up or your uh, I guess plenty by the year or is it a, yeah anything that's being announced or anything you want to share in terms of what I am working on personal goals are as I mentioned what I do and what I think is normal to me or like these skills that I've developed, putting them online in a way that like people that don't know about it, like not taking what I know for granted, basically. Uh, sometimes, you know, you see some social media videos and it's like, 
here's a door handle. Here's how you get out of the the room. You turn the door handle. Follow me for more tips. And he like, what? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> here's how you drink your drink. Put a straw in your drink. Suck the straw. Follow me for more tips. You, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, some things are just like, curate you made a video out of that. So like for the things that I know in terms of music, uh, DJing, those skills, maybe I... I don't, I don't know if I want to be an influencer, but I know that I need more eyes on what I do as a DJ because I know that that will, that's going to kind of add to my popularity. And, you know, it's less work in the end because people just come to you for the work. At the moment, I think I'm um, relying on sort of existing clients that book me. Mm. Uh, I want to work more outside of London like to go back to DJing in like other countries. Like I say, I've previously DJed in uh, like America, Japan, Croatia, Ibiza. So I want to do more of those things. And again, like you can create like these funny TikTok videos and Instagram videos and YouTube shorts, and they can create traction in those other countries as well. So the challenge that I'm setting for myself is to put more of that content up online. And then for the for 2024 probably go back to my event so just before the pandemic i had uh, an event called cult jam and cult jam was uh all vinyl disco funk and soul night and it was inspired by like the first people in new york that were doing nights so like a lot of disco house funk soul that came out of like the black uh lgbt um space there's a place called paradise garage and so, like, my night was kind of inspired by, like, what was happening back then. And then, like, kind of, like, doing, like, a modern version of that. So, like, yeah, my night was all vinyl. Um, and, like, I would mainly just invite, like, my friends and people that I know that had amazing record collections. And the tagline was, we play bangers, not anthems. And uh, all vinyl, all vibes, all night. So, yeah, I'm, I, I haven't done one since 2019. But I feel like it's due to come back now. Like we're, we're reaching five years of like not doing it. I don't know if you heard, but there was a pandemic that kind of like chill, you know. Bring it back. <laughs> it was really bad, yeah. Put things on ice for a little bit. So that's something that I want to like bring back. Um, and then, yeah, I do also have, like I said, I have a knowledge of like logic and stuff. So a few edits of existing songs and putting those kind of things out for no money just like just to just to feed djs i think that like my role in terms of my age and my skills is helping people to take their steps up so if i have my own events um i can give people gigs as well but like if i have my own events and i can bring people in that have amazing record collections and give them an opportunity and pay them to come and play if i can make a couple tracks myself or edits or remixes myself and give those to djs then they can enhance their dj sets so it's not all just about me but it's also about like just giving back to the scene that's kind of where i'm where i'm focused on the most really um and then yeah like um yeah i, I would I'm, I'm kind of inspired to do my own podcast doing this has definitely inspired me um the idea i had i'll share that out but like it was so one last thing before we go i used to rap 
So before I made beats, I used to rap. What? Uh, and I used to do like grime and rap and hip hop and stuff like that. And I have written down every single lyric that I've ever written. And I have every single lyric that I've ever written. So the idea, similar to like this idea, of like I think there's one that already exists called like my dad wrote a, a porno. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. So it's me, it would be me reading the lyrics that I wrote when I was in between the ages of 15 and 21 and like roasting myself and like <laughs> and just like going over some of the stuff and like <laughs> yeah so that's the idea just need a good name for it like I don't know like you want to be a rap superstar or want to be rap superstar or I don't know um I just need a good name for it like promo use only or something like that or, I don't know, <laughs> something cool, but yeah that's the idea and i think i may i think i may like when my missus works in the office and she's not at home i think i might just do the same thing like set up my mic and just record for an hour and then just save the file just put it up not think about it just like just do let it just yeah. throw it out there because i've had this idea for a while and i've for some reason i have these lyrics that i've written over <laughs> 20 years ago now and i just have them written in a timber i have a timberland box full oh the box wow kind of clothes it's all these like these books that i used to steal from school like in science class yeah, and maths yeah, yeah. class and to write just fill them with lyrics a lot of them were quite crap but it would just be funny to kind of share those just read know? it out yeah i think that's a, a brilliant idea Sorry, yeah. yeah, you can just again, yeah, just do an episode while you do a a, a, a piece, mm. and then you either do like different versions of you or you just roast that. But I think it's and you know it, it, it's crazy to to see this. And yeah, before we wrap it up, I, again, big up to you, man. I think you, you it's it's amazing and to 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 also you know to have like constantly a vision and constantly working towards something. It's it's huge. It's, it's like I don't know, you know, where I I don't know what's the final destination. I kind of have an idea, like a rough idea. I really want to do this, and I really I I also think community is so important and giving back. It's it's massive, and uh, again, I it's always been in my head of like having other people going. Oh, you know, like he's kind of I, I'm doing something to to help moving on things moving on, um, but. It plays a huge part, and I think, like like you said, you know, you, it, it's it's something that you it, it started a while ago. You it was in the back of your head. You had, you didn't know what it looks like, and now you're in the fact that you kept all those notes. It's kind of like, it's a sign that you gotta do something with it. You know, who knows? You might like do the one of the best albums ever. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like the album that never came out. Came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like look, logics. He's getting like awards for his album, so what's gonna stop you? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, no, yeah, it's been it's been amazing having you uh, here. Thank you. We'll we'll definitely uh, see you again, and we'll um, probably do some something um, with the um, working on the podcast as well. While you know, if you if you have any ideas, um, Corey is uh, is a good friend of uh, it's a it's a good friend of mine. It's also. Um, going to be a good friend of the podcast as well he's uh, he's also i was going to say earlier uh, shout out to the 41 listeners in six countries from the past three weeks two weeks from the past two weeks you growth yeah it's growth man yeah we're going international that's it i mean it's been the past <laughs> two weeks but three weeks ago how many listeners did you have 
Well, I, there was no podcast. <laughs> well, that's from zero to 49. Yeah. You know, next week is going to be 70, 80. It just, it grows, man. It grows, you know what I mean? This is amazing that you're doing this, honestly. Thank you for allowing me to be part of it. Where do people, what's your handle? Where do people find Instagram you? Instagram at Corey Bucker, C-O-R-E-Y-B-O-C-K-E-R. And that's like, most of my stuff's on Instagram, but you can also see it on TikTok. And uh, if you want to, see random conversations about nonsense go on x formerly known as twitter and then um like for video mixes and stuff youtube.com forward slash Corey barker uh and yeah i'm just i'm just staying active um the the night that i was talking about the vinyl night that's at follow cult jam if you're on instagram and that's like a nice sort of uh influencer page of Disco records, funk records, um, and like a, like a nice bit of production on that and stuff. Uh, like I put like album artwork and like 50 seconds of a song. Because if you do more than 50 seconds, then the algorithm will find out and go, hey, you can't have this on here. Pay the artist. Um, you don't own this. So, yeah. Staying active. Uh, we'll be doing more. And I, I definitely want to be involved as like a, you know, a silent producer helping out with this and helping it to grow. Thank you for allowing me to be part of it, man. You're welcome, and well, thank you. And thank you to everyone listening. Take care, look after yourselves. Bye. Bye. Right, that was it. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to um, see you all or, you know, I hope you'll all listen to the next episode. Uh, For now, take care, have a nice week and stay skillful. Look after yourselves. Bye.